Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Road Wild. That's where J. Cal and Daryl take the ride from the Inland Empire all the way to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Along that journey, we talk about pro wrestling, not limited to the National Wrestling Alliance or Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, but we talk about pro wrestling in general. And we had a great conversation on our last commute from Hollywood back to Parts Unknown. However... There were some tech issues. And full disclosure, guys, we lost the second half of the conversation. Now, I know you looked at that podcast and said, wow, these guys talked for a whole hour about pro wrestling. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you there were two hours of pro wrestling. And in fact, the second hour was probably even better than the first. So without further ado, I would like to present to you the second half of that conversation Road Wild Part 2. Okay, we're back from commercial break. Thank you for tuning in. This is Daryl and Jay. We're we're on the ride home from wrestling. We're literally stuck in traffic. You just dropped the phone, so maybe that's muffled. But um, we're on our way home from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and we're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, and we're trying to determine if the NWA is back, baby, or if it's, has it always been here. Now, Daryl, you were making your point with regards to the NWA. Uh, you were talking about uh, it coming back, in your eyes, to the casual fan. Um, go ahead and finish your point. Well, like I said... Um you know, because you interpreted the casual fan as somebody that just watches WWE. And I was like, no, that's not what I meant. As far as like casual TV viewer, no. Casual wrestling fan, you know, like I said, somebody like us where, you know, we watch wrestling. We want, you know, our diverse wrestling, quote unquote, but we do not have the time because of just our lives and our responsibilities to, you know, sit there and watch every, you know, every single wrestling promotion that puts out something on video, on demand, especially these days. Right. You know, like me, like I said, if I did not have, you know, just the way my work is and everything where I'm able to, you know, still watch wrestling, you know, during my, during my hours or whatnot, you know, where I wouldn't be able to follow New Japan outside of the, you know, maybe outside the big shows. Right. So I wouldn't be able to watch the tours, you know, matches on the tours that they do. Right. Just the, the big show. If that, you know, I don't have the access, I don't have the time to watch WWE UK. I just made a decision. Okay. You know, that's too much. Especially now with NXT going to two hours, you know that if I decide to watch Monday Night Raw, I have it on Hulu, which already edits out to ninety down to ninety minutes. (laughs) So you know they already edit out the unimportant stuff to me, and you know not to go off on a WWE rant, I'm still skipping stuff on that show. Right. And you know if I decide to watch SmackDown, I'm still skipping stuff on that show. Sure. Because again, I got limited time. Right. And I started watching um, MLW 
on YouTube. I still, you know, watch Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on Fight. Ring of Honor, you know, on Fight. And again, because in this day, Smart TV, Fight TV is no different than watching, you know, Channel 7 or something. Yes. Where it's accessible like that. Right. But still... still, it's a case of, you know, I'm able to watch these things and I'm able to, that's what I meant by casual wrestling fan. It's like, okay, I have access to it, blah, 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 blah. But for like a diehard, I wouldn't, I had my thought that I just lost it. But like, for example, with my association with the NWA, as I mentioned before, I saw it, you know, in WCW, but I was too young to understand exactly what the heck was going on. Right. And the fact that they kind of didn't explain it fully didn't help. And then seeing it with the WWF, I, again, didn't fully understand what was going on. But it didn't last so long, it didn't matter. Okay. And then with... Then with the um, access of the internet and stuff like that, I and I was interested, I read up and especially with WWE having access to the old NWA territories via their eventual network and the before their on demand channel then I actually understood what the NWA was because the whole time I'm thinking it's no different than how the WWF was supposed to be where it's one network or one network one promotion sure until I finally figured out no it's a license it's a governing body quote unquote and so when it came to TNA, that's, you know, NWA TNA, and then eventually, you know, morphed out. Sure. Wait. But I didn't follow NWA as I knew it until Dave Marquez is in Hollywood. Sure. And then when that floated off, I didn't, you know, there was no way for me, and this was what, what was it, 2013? When um, the Seven Levels Hate broke off? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, was it 2013? Yeah, I think that was 2013. You know, I didn't have a way to... I didn't have a way to follow the NWA after that. With, unless I decided to deeply go on the internet and try to track down all these results from these NWA shows that, you know would have like a world title defense or something like that you know what I mean it wasn't I get what you're that's where I had you know if I had to go to research and it's like I don't have the time I, I get what you're saying but you're kind of contradicting yourself because when you say hey I go to YouTube and watch MLW or hey I go to Fight TV and it's just like turning on Channel 7 okay but Innovative Pro Wrestling which used to be NWA Smoky Mountain was available on YouTube and on Pivot Share, and they've been around for a while, and they were part of the NWA, and the shows were available. The NWA Sawmill was doing shows on YouTube, and I think they had another streaming service. The technology was there. Those shows were happening whether you watched or not. That's not on them that you didn't watch it. That's, you know, again, you, you have different sets of priorities. 
you can't say that it wasn't available because it was. Yes, the NWA World Title travels. It tra- that's that's the whole thing. It's the world's world's NWA Championship. You know, we didn't start calling it the NWA World's Championship until the last, I don't know, 40 years. It was the World's Heavyweight Championship. When when Lutez was unifying all of the heavyweight championships in the United States, he held the World's Heavyweight Championship. So when you see that the World's Heavyweight Championship was defended in CZW or in, in WWF, WWE, or WCW, or TNA, or ECW, or any one of these promotions that we're talking about, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, or, or you know, Jim Crockett Promotions, or any of this stuff, that's because that's what that title does. But NWA Wrestling Promotions, they've been available, you just haven't... The same way that you're able to go searching fight and finding Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or Ring of Honor, you could have done on YouTube. Now the technology's there now. The technology's so much easier that we could literally just stream to the TV. But you can't fault the NWA as a sanctioning body for not having the ability to have a streaming service. You know, that basically they were on YouTube. The fact that we couldn't stream our YouTube to our TV is not their fault. Hell, even you could have you could have did it on the phone or whatever. But the fact is, it's right. like okay. But at the same time, what did these NWA companies do to let people know that they're there? I, what did they do? Why couldn't they do what quote unquote, what Billy Corgan did to let let the NWA people know about what's going on with? his vision of the NWA before he had his show. Why couldn't these other promotions do what, you know, Marquez did to let people know about his show? I mean, that's that's my whole thing. It's like, you can say the show was there, blah, 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 but, you know, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm uh, the diehards that follow the NWA are going to know. How did I find out about MLW? It's simple. It's like that I found something that, you know, let me know that they were there, that let me know that they existed. I got nothing. And just, again, from just me being the average viewer, from me knowing, okay, from them saying, okay, here's what talents are on this show, you know, and... You know, and it was talents that okay, you know, that I remember from elsewhere. Just you know, when the NWA Power came up, and you asked me, you know, privately, like, okay, what were your thoughts? And I was like, I noticed it was a lot of the old Impact guys. Yeah. And they, you know, they let you know, okay, so and so is here, so and so is here, so and so is here. I felt like, you know, okay, like I said, you're technically right. It never went away. You are technically right. And if there were shows there, then fine. But at the same time, for somebody like me, I have no way of knowing these shows existed. and And there was nothing done to make me continue to know that they existed. I did not know what the heck happened after 
seven levels of hate. If you with grew the up in championship. if you grew up in Boston and lived in Boston your whole life, then you never would have seen championship wrestling from Hollywood. You might have seen New England championship wrestling. Hell, you might have seen NWA on fire. But you never saw championship wrestling from Hollywood until the advent of YouTube. You were saying, I did not know that there was an NWA Dallas in 1994. Well, no shit. We didn't live in Dallas. How would you have seen that? There's no possible way. But technology is, is come. Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana are benefiting from technology. When was YouTube invented? When was Facebook invented? When was Twitter invented? When was Instagram invented? If all this within the last decade. Right. So it's a lot easier in the last decade. But for you to say, oh, I didn't know there was an NWA saw. Well, my friend, did you look? Because you went, you were looking for something to find MLW, right? You were looking for something to find... MLW found me. Okay, fair enough. But, but again, technology's changed so much that I can go on YouTube and I can watch a video of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and they can say, okay, well, hey, if you like that, you might like this Ring of Honor clip or you might like this uh, MLW clip. But that didn't exist 10 years ago. To be fair, and I'm going to tell you this story because this is EC. I'm going to go trace this to ECW because you, we all know ECW only had one show in California and that was their last year in 2000 ECW right. was not available out here in California well it was on Prime it was on Prime Sports. well I'm getting to that I'm talking about as far as like live events or local promotion sure. or anything like that no and yeah it was on Prime it was on Prime Ticket but that was Wednesday night at 3am yep and again I just happened to be it was during the summertime and you know kids we don't sleep so again, flipping through the channels and I just happened to find it. But this was also during the era of, so this was like the late 90s, mid to late 90s. Yeah. America Online just started. Yeah. The internet, quote unquote, just started. Yeah. And etc. Yeah. I still was able and I didn't know how, nobody knew really how the internet worked, but through one way or another, I was able to catch clips or to catch people went, people went, and maybe because ECIW just had that die, that hardcore die hard audience. ECW, despite the fact that even when Prime Ticket went over to Fox Sports, they didn't have the show anymore. No. ECW, even back then, was able to somehow, as me, as, again, somebody that didn't know anything past wrestling, or past watching wrestling TV, was able to find its way to where I could see it. Okay. I felt like, so I didn't always know what the hell was going on. The only way I could watch ECW was through that black box for their pay-per-views and they're only doing four a month you know it's pretty difficult that's a big ass gap sure but still it found its way to me the NWA the National Wrestling Alliance no matter who the promotion was at that time that had that license or where the champion was or what or et cetera et cetera et cetera I didn't I didn't find it as much, and I'm back then. I was a freaking 
you know, I was a computer geek back then, sure. But again, I, you know, I didn't see, when, when, I didn't see the NWA there. When you dial up on your Podigy, you know, when you try to get through your CompuServe, and the AOL guy is saying, you've got mail. There was called the AOL Grandstand Forums, right? You could jump on the Grandstand Forums, and you could have researched it that way. You could have you could have done the original like Yahoo search search uh, thing. But you're, you're, what I hear, I hear what you're saying. That it wasn't available to me here in Los Angeles. How they didn't they didn't advertise to me. But this whole game is is so different in the last 15 years, last 20 years. You could go on YouTube right now, right now, and, and and look up NWA Dallas. And this was in 1994. And you know who was on the show? Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah, legends. Guys you know, guys you recognize. And, and there are guys on there you won't know. Uh, Buddy Landell's there. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you the entire roster, but I saw a lot of names of people I'd never even seen before. It was centralized to Dallas, just like Championship Wrestling from Hollywood initially was centralized to Los Angeles. You can't blame NWA Dallas for not making that show available to you in the Los Angeles market because, one, they're not back. Most of these wrestling promotions, fuck, all of these wrestling promotions are not backed by millionaires and billionaires. Vince McMahon was an anomaly. Jim Crockett Promotions was a wrestling promotion that were, was bought out by WCW. Do you know why they were bought out by WCW? Because they they blew all their money trying to spend too far too much. Exactly. So for them, for you to see Jim Crockett Promotions, it basically cost Jim Crockett Promotions. That's where, how we got WCW. Don Owens was literally promoting from the 70s up until like 94. But that was in Portland. We didn't live in Portland. How would we see it? And why would they market to us? ECW was different. And that, again, was an anomaly. That was a cultural phenomenon. There's no reason ECW should have gotten as big as it did. Except for it just hit all the punch marks on, on people's request list. And the fact that it had this alternative. When both major wrestling promotions were very cartoony. You know, the Dungeon of Doom. Come on, man. Dumpster Josie, Jesus Christ. ECW's giving me a guy who is Sabu is homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, jumping through tables and chairs. Or Sabu, a human suplex machine. Of course, of course it was going to get, you know, people were going to watch it. Wait, Terry Funk is there? Wait, the franchise, Shane Douglas? I mean, all of this. Of course, this was, it was different. And, and let's not forget, too, there's an East Coast bias. Where, even in sports, baseball, basketball, football, everything is based on the East Coast. Same thing with wrestling journalism. Where are those aftermags based out of? New York? Pennsylvania? You know, it's not Southern California. They never highlighted UPW. They never highlighted California Championship Wrestling or, you know, and really the last time before, you know, before Marquez's promotion out here, the last time the NWA was big in California was John Tolos, Freddie Blassie, Chavo Guerrero, Roddy Piper, 1982, 1979, 1980. You know, we're, we have to travel back almost 30 years, 40 years before the NWA was relevant in Southern California with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. 
So it, it's. But let's circle back to. Let's circle back to this, because I even said it. When you name the NWA World's Heavyweight Champions, when we mention 30, 30 decades worth, 30 decades, 30 years, three decades worth of champions that do not get mentioned to this day. So, and even, you know, with the 10 pounds gold series or whatever, does, like I said, none of this gets mentioned. None of this gets talked about, even by the promotion itself. Or, I'm sorry, the governing body. Whatever the hell you want to call it. It does not get Let's, mentioned by them outside of a title history on a website. It does not get mentioned. It does just, not get talked about. It does not get acknowledged. So, that's, but, even, that's not, but that's not true. And let's use the vernacular sanctioning body because they don't really govern anything. But that's not even true. They mentioned Jack Stain as a former world champion. They mentioned Shane Douglas and how he refused to be on camera after what he did. They showed Adam Pierce and talked about Adam Pierce. They, they, they do. They did. You're, either you didn't see all the episodes or you're forgetting some because they did talk about this stuff. And all this cut that promo with talking about AJ Styles and talking about Steve. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But AJ Styles was during a high period. Sure. Where the NWA was. Are you acknowledged through TNA? Sting was was also. Sting just happened to be in the two high periods of the '90s, where the WCW still was using the NWA Championship and its like and its lineage before its WCW started going downhill. And also, if you want to technically go there, Sting with the TNA type, um, with the championship of TNA. But, like I said, where are where are the periods of people that you like to mention? like to, And people who are also, like I said, considered legends in the sport that are also considered names that do not get mentioned or not get talked about or... Like I said, like the people you mentioned, and I'll just go this trip because we're strictly talking about ECW. Shane Douglas gets mentioned because of, of the whole title belt thrown down situation, right. which was a historical moment, positive or negative. It was a historical moment for the NWA yeah. during a down period. Yeah. But, like I said, you like to put over Chris Candido as a champion. I do not see him get acknowledged. Yeah. You put over, you know. I don't want to say put over, but you mentioned Sabu as a champion. That does not get acknowledged. So for people like me who are saying, you know, I'm not saying the NWA went away was a false statement. I made that clear from the start. Yeah. But you can understand how somebody like me would understand the statement and how I feel where it's like, okay, the NWA is back. Because the NWA now is at a level where you can, it's at a certain level where it's not, quote unquote, you know, you know me, I like to use metaphors, where it's not out of sight, out of mind, where it's not on life support, where it's not going through the quote unquote dark ages dark days or the dark ages. Let me make a point real quick, and I'm going to use Disney as my reference, okay? 
when we talk about Disney Plus and it's so over right now, right? They're talking it might kill Netflix. They're talking it might kill Amazon, right? Because it's so over. What is highlighted on there? The Marvel movies, right? The the Simpsons, right? Uh, you know, the Disney Afternoon that we grew up watching, right? Uh, and, and all the Pixar movies and all the, you know, all the cultural phenomenal Disney stuff that's out now. You know what they don't talk about? Little Mermaid 2. But you know what? It's on there. You know what they don't talk about? The Rescuers Down Under. But guess what? That's on there too. And they don't talk about all, a lot of the garbage Disney movies that came out when they weren't the top studio for producing animation. That's why they had to buy Pixar. That's why they had to buy Marvel. That's why they had to buy these uh, the, the Star Wars universe because they needed they needed to be to have this kind of content to produce this network. No, Sabu does not have the same cachet as world champion as Ric Flair. And and as I mentioned, Chris Candido was a world champion. But do you know how many title defenses he had? One. Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain promotion that was associated with the National Wrestling Alliance. How many title defenses did he have in Smoky Mountain? One. To Dan to be separate. Because although the, the, the yes, Candido was a world champion, he held the 10 pounds of gold. They didn't do much with it. Why? Because they couldn't, man. They just couldn't. They didn't have the money. They didn't have the, the stretch. The technology wasn't there. What Look, look at what what Billy Corgan and David Lagana are doing with, champ, with the uh, NWA Power. How much different is that from Championship Wrestling in Hollywood? I've been to both. Not a whole lot different. It's not. Why Why does NWA Power have 200,000 people watching an episode and Marquez is lucky to get 80,000 on an episode of, of Championship Wrestling in Hollywood? because the cachet, man, that name, the NWA name carries weight. And where does that cachet come from? Off the backs of Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, you know, uh, it, it wasn't built by Adam Pierce. Now, Adam Pierce, you know Adam Pierce, I know Adam Pierce, and we would say he's probably the measuring stick of what a champion for the NWA should be. In the modern era, yeah. But he doesn't carry the same value as Sting. He doesn't carry the same value as AJ Styles. And you know what? Adam Pierce had to work harder than both of those guys. Because Jim Crockett put Sting where he needed to go. Sting wasn't booking his own matches. Sting wasn't getting himself onto other cards. Jim Crockett sent him where he needed to go. Same thing with, with uh, AJ Styles. It was the Jarrett's that were getting AJ Styles booked here, there, and everywhere. Now, with the exception of maybe the Ring of Honor matches where he was defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship or the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla matches where he had the NWA World's title. Outside of that, the Jarrett's were the one that were putting him on TV every week to pay for you every week as World Champion. I hear what you're saying. Was it was it available to you? No. Why did why wasn't it available? Technology man. I this video, this recording that we're doing right now will be on a, on YouTube. And anyone in the world can watch that. But we'll get 25 to 50 people to watch it. Why? Because it doesn't have Adam Pearce on it. It doesn't have AJ Styles on it. It's, it's two guys talking about wrestling. The NWA 
will always refer to Harley Race and, 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 and you know, uh, Ric Flair because that was what built that brand. Adam Pierce didn't build the brand. Adam Pierce kept the brand alive. Uh, Blue Demon, he really didn't move the needle. Chris Candido really didn't move the needle. Dan Severin did. And, and you know what? Some of this, too, when you say that they don't mention names, some of it is, I think, because of what the last the last ownership group attempted to do and was trying to do. You know, when, when the NWA had the Crockett Cup, they 100% acknowledged Satoshi Kojima as a former World Heavyweight Champion. At the 70th anniversary, Rob Conway was supposed to be there. Of course, Tim Storm was there, Jack Stane was there, Colt Cabana was there, the, uh, Dory Funk Jr. was there. They acknowledged a wide array of champions. Adam Pierce contractually obligated to the WWE, Steve Carino, same thing, Christian Cage, same thing, Rhino, same thing. You know, there, there were other guys like Raven, they could have used Sabu, um, but they didn't. Jarrett was there, you know. They did. They did acknowledge these guys, but you know, you're always going to go with your money makers. Much like Disney sells this this network on based on the Mandalorian, based on the Star Wars, based on you know the the Marvel comics. They're not really talking about you know um, the Disney afternoon shows. Like I, you know, I hear them talk about like the old Disney shows, like That's So Raven or uh, Lizzie McGuire and all that stuff. But they're 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 selling. Hey, you can watch all the Marvel movies. Hey, you can watch all the Pixar movies. Same thing. We're gonna always point to the the highlight. That doesn't mean that these guys didn't exist. It doesn't mean these guys weren't here or played an important role. But you know, and Adam Pearce will tell you this: you can't put his name and Ric Flair on the same level. Well, maybe he would. Maybe Adam would, would put himself over a lot more than that. But, yeah. but I mean, nobody else would. And I love the guy. I love Adam Pierce. But you can't say he did the same thing that Ric Flair did. He carried the same title. He even wrestled in some of the same buildings. But there's a big difference. Ric Flair made hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, Pierce made a living. It's a different time, different place, everything. But to, to the point that you're making, you're not wrong. The NWA is a promotion. This is it, man. They, they took the bull by the horns. They're getting a lot of viewership on their show. And to your point, the sanctioning body, I couldn't find where the NWA was at. You're not wrong on that either. In 94, you couldn't. 95, you couldn't. 98, you couldn't. Well, I mean, you could if you watched Raw. But, like, uh, there was a, a wrestling promotion in the Mid-Atlantic, actually called Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. They had the Rock and Roll Express. That's That was the eighth tag team title that they won was in the Mid-Atlantic. And, uh, you know, this is 2000, I think. 2005, I want to say. But that show wasn't made available to you and I because there wasn't a YouTube back then. Or if it was, it was in its infancy. But now it is. If you go on and you can search Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, NWA Mid-Atlantic, not to be confused with Jim Crocker Promotions or anything like that, it's there. But it wasn't when we when we were looking for it. It wasn't when, you know, again, you're right. The Die Hard, I was looking up NWA. I was going to their website, nwarrestling.com. 
and that was 2000, 2001, 2000. And that was when I saw Dan Severn with the belt UFC. That's when I started checking out the NWA website. So that's that's 34 minutes on the NWA. All right, well, let's switch over to something, something else. Sure. But we both understand each other's points. Yeah. Okay. So, speaking of the NWA, and speaking of the Rock and Roll Express, have you ever seen anybody ever have, like, this big of a comeback? No. With the longevity that they've had? I mean, it all started, you know, they were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, what, one, like two years ago or so? Yeah, yeah like two years But it didn't really start, like I said, on a national level until you saw them in the Crockett Cup. Right. Then all of a sudden, Ring of Honor's booking them yep. for shows. New Japan booked them for an American tour that they yep. did. Young Bucks got them, you know, appearances on um, AEW's first shows and even um, the, the pay-per-view, I think. Yeah. And then they're back home in the NWA for, you know, their ninth title reign. And I'm seriously trying to think, who in the hell in the business ever had the comeback like this on this level? I mean, I mean the, you can talk about certain wrestlers having, you know, their comeback moments. I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, I mean, you can say Bob Backlund kind of had that when he came back in 94. Yeah. You know, completely reinvented himself, and he ain't been the same since. <laughs> no. Uh, but he had, as short as it was, he still had his, you know, had his world title victory. And... You know, we can say that about, you know, Terry Funk, you know, with his ECW reinvention yeah. of himself. Yeah. But that eventually, you know, would lead to a run in the WWF. I mean, winning winning a championship at WrestleMania, I mean, you can't really go higher on a pedestal than that, no. depending on how you want to look at it. Right. Or his final run in WCW. Yeah. But, I mean, just like with Ricky and Robert, it's just like, wow! For us, for their longevity, especially, and these guys are, you know, over like, you know, no phrase, over like Rover, to where everybody even wants them, including, you know, that shocked me more than anything was like, okay, New Japan wants to book them for the American tour, and I'm like, and then I found out they never wrestled in New Japan. I'm like, what? Yeah, that was that that especially back in the days when they were always picking junior heavyweights. Like that kind of surprised me. Um, so here's some uh, here. Okay, first and foremost, full disclosure: my partner on the Alliance Guys podcast, Kevin Douglas, is not a Ricky Morton fan by any stretch. Yeah, like, he kind of like I said, I listened to the Cornette one, and he made it clear on how he feels about older wrestlers in wrestling these days and you made it clear about Ricky Morton but yeah. continue so I'm, I am aware so so Ricky Morton even with let's just say the NWA again he's been an active member of the NWA family since 1986 
you know, whether it was the WWF invasion or wrestling in Korea with the tour of the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling when they won the titles for the eighth time. Um, Ricky Morton has held an NWA Championship belt in every decade since 1986. We're talking five decades of holding an NWA title, whether it be the tag titles or the junior heavyweight title. And that's, number one, that's impressive. Like, whether you like them or not, that's impressive. I'm kind of over it, and I'm over it because of the last TV taping for NWA when they wrestled that tag team, and they just were going through the motions. And I was just so disappointed. I was there the night that they popped and won the tag titles, and I thought, hey, that's a great feel-good moment. Now lose the titles to the wild card and be done. And I don't understand why the NWA is continuing to use them. But let's just talk about the comeback. You're right, man. They showed up everywhere, and it was hard. Like, it wasn't like, oh, here's the Rock and Roll Express. No, they were everywhere. Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, the NWA. They're wrestling in tag team matches all across the country. Um, I don't I, I don't let me break kayfabe here, but Chase Owens was trained by Ricky Morton. Oh, that, that was acknowledged, and that was actually part of the storyline okay. going into um, the American tour because Chase Owens, you know, was like, the whole storyline leading into that was Chase Owens, you know, started knocking the Rock and Roll Express, started knocking Ricky Morton, and, you know, kind of calling them out on a fight, and that happened on, um, I think it was the one show that they did, you know, the American tour was like three stops because it was also Tiger Tories retirement yeah. tour. So it was like um, I know one show was recorded. Yeah. They wrestled on I think like the first stop, which I think was near Nashville. I don't quote me on that. Yeah. But I know it wasn't the New York show that was taped. Right. So that was a storyline going into it, and it has been openly acknowledged in New Japan that Chase Owens was trained by Ricky Morton. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, when we look at the Rock and Roll Express, yes, it was a great year for them. And certainly, if there was an award for comeback of the year 2019, it has to go yeah. to Ricky and Robert. And I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to hear about any other tag team, any other singles wrestler, any other promotion. I don't want to hear about Kenta coming back to Japan and wrestling for New Japan. It did not have the same effect, as I'm going to say the word, cachet as Ricky and Robert winning the NWA World Tag Team titles. It was a feel-good moment, and that moment's passed. But you ask me who's who's close to that, who's done something like that, the closest I can come up with is Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, winning the Raw Tag Team titles way past their primes. And, and I don't know if Ric Flair was in his 60s when that match happened, but I know he was, again, not the same Ric Flair from 1986. You know, I would... Maybe on like a feel good moment for Piper, maybe, but yeah. as but you know that was short. You know, I would say that was short lived, and that was just you know like the feel good moment because Flair was Flair, but Flair was a regular at that time. Yeah, you know, it wasn't you know he was more he, more of a manager, but he was still kind yeah, of he was still he was full time. This wasn't even where he was like part time manager. Okay. This was when Flair was full time. You know quote-unquote last run before he was officially like dubbed his last run yeah so flair was a regular at that time i would you know if this was compared to like 
how Flair came out of, well, I can't even say that with WWE because they kept using Flair, yeah. you know, on a semi-regular basis, but I'm talking about, you know, it's not like the Rock and Roll Express, you know, we're just like some guys in a retirement home. You know, this whole time because they still took their indie bookings and, you know, still, you know, did their wrestling shows. You know, I don't want to say nostalgia act, disrespect them, but pretty much, you know, booked as a nostalgia act. Yeah. But then for them to, like, just over the course of a year, just blow up to where everybody wanted you. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, I'm really trying to think, like, okay, when's the last time? That happened for an act or a wrestler or something out of sight, out of mind, that just out of nowhere, like, you know, just blew up to where everybody wants you. I can can try to compare it to when Cody left WWE. Yeah. And everybody wanted him. Ring of Honor won, you know, and Cody made his list, quote unquote, but everybody was booking him. Yeah. Ring of Honor was booking him. New Japan was booking him. Um, he had his short run and impact. I mean, Cody became, you know, the, you know, wrestled in a in a twelve month span. So technically a year. Wrestled at WrestleMania, Bound for Glory, Final Battle, Wrestle Kingdom, all the top promotions, top shows. He was on all of them in, in, in that span. During all that too, he also found time for Battle of Los Angeles (PWG). Yeah, and he was working. The, uh, he won the uh, Global Force Wrestling, whatever their secondary title was, before the Impact merger. Yeah. Um, so you know, he was. He was around. Yeah, that's pretty much like the closest I could compare it to. But at the same time, Cody wasn't wasn't away. He just you know had to wait out his ninety days. Yeah. So no, I, I guess. Why that comparison? Piper's close, but not even really in the same breath because Piper went to the WWE, where more or less was his home for the last 20 years, anyways. Um, so yeah, and that, that was a very much a feel-good moment. But I don't know about you. The last episode of NWA Power, I was soured on it when they defeated the Wild Card. I was stunned. Uh, you know, our man Royce Isaacs tonight. I have a great photo on my Instagram of him punching the shit out of Robert Gibson. And it makes me happy to see him beating up an old man. And and, and I know that's messed up to say, but like I, I, I'm done with the nostalgia act. It was cool 2019. I'm glad that they got that run. I was, I'm still okay that they got that run. But it's time for that to end. There are more deserving wrestlers out there. I mean... Just in the NWA, we're talking like Eddie Kingston and Homicide. To me, that's a better deal. Um, yeah, yeah. Outlaw, Outlaw Eat. I liked it back when um, I saw them in Ring of Honor with that gimmick, and they were pretty much the first wrestlers to, well, again on that national level, to capitalize on the popularity of the Purge series. Yeah. Where these guys were literally, you know, like anarchists. Yeah. You know that it's a gimmick that we later saw. We currently kind of see OVE, you know, kind of doing that in a similar way where they're, you know, like anti-authority, you know, anti-rules anarchists in a way. Yeah. Because the way that Sanity was starting to develop in NXT before they came up to the main roster and, well, we know what happened there to the point where you forgot they were up and employed. 
and you know, but Outlaw Inc. was the first team to really start that, but then it never really, it never really went far outside of, like, um, the challenge for attack titles, and then I remember they did some stuff with, uh, Kevin, Kevin Steen for a bit, and then, yeah, they just disappeared. Yeah. So, I like that partnership, but going back to that, nostalgia only works for a certain amount of time before, yeah, it gets old, and it's just like, are we really clinging to this same old, same old, stale, boring thing, like, the, like, an example I could use for me is in the WWE when they brought back Road Warrior Animal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's a good one. You know, where I liked, you know, seeing him, especially at a time where, you know, it was around the time where they put out the Road Warriors DVD and everything, and Hawk, you know, some time had passed since, you know, for Hawk. Yeah. And so it was great to see him, and then they went ahead and, you know, for the nostalgia act and, you know, the feel-good moment, he won a tag team title, despite the fact that it was with fucking Hyde and Wright. Right. You know, it was still good for, you know, Animal to win a, a tag team championship for Hawk. You know, for especially for those longtime Road Warrior fans, you got the feel good moment. You got you understood it, even if you didn't necessarily agree with with it. But then it went on for too long, and then that's when they started, you know, transforming Hyde and Wright to yeah. like replace Hawk, and actually started fucking calling the team the Legion of Doom. It, it fell off the fucking wagon since then. But you got you understood the feel good moment there. Can I, I kind of like with I, um, real quick. Can I give my fantasy book even at that timetable who I would have rather animal team with as opposed to height rank? Good. I think this would have been an awesome tag team, and I think it would have been extended the past nostalgia. But animal and fucking Vader, dude. Could you imagine animal and Vader as a tag team? It would have been insane. Oh, maybe if this was Japan. No, dude. I think this works on Raw. I think. No, I remember the last time I saw Vader in WWE. During that time, so he made that he made, he made no, he <laughs> made that cameo appearance in 2005, where Coach was supposed to fight Steve Austin, but then, you know, they just creative went to creative with the shit, and right. then they replaced Austin with Batista. But I saw Vader. Vader was out of shape, and Vader, you know, just. Like, he fell out of the ring. I don't mean, like... I mean, he literally, like, fell on his on his ass. He was out of shape, and, like, just getting out of the ring, he fell off and, like, just fell on his ass on camera. And it was just... It was just not... It was not a good last memory of Vader during that time. You're shitting on my Vader animal dreams, but I'm telling you, it would have been funny. Uh, if this was Japan, where Vader was a fucking monster... And Animal, you know, they made their living in Japan as well. Then I would have been like full board, yeah. But in WWE, I don't, especially since Vader wasn't being used at that time. And the last time we saw him in WWE, it wouldn't have worked for me there. But you know, you got the you got the feel good, you know, the feel good moment. Kind of like how it reminded, also kind of like Ric Flair's retirement tour, yeah, so to speak. Where you know, after a while. It was just like, okay, you're just kind of stalling the WrestleMania for the end. Yeah. 
because his matches were against certain individuals were just not good and it was just like you, you can see like okay you can see where this is going Hulk Hogan coming back to the ring for the times that he did in TNA shit I think he's coming just, back to Raw I think he I, I've seen photos I've heard I've read posts and like he's full on got a Santa Claus beard now it's white and they're talking he's coming well, back well he, he's he's going into the, the, the Hall of Fame as Hollywood Hogan so I think that's the whole growing the beard back thing is that he's growing it back so he can dye it. Because Hollywood Hogan, Dahl, Nash, and Six, yeah. that's something else we can debate on. Um, going in as the NWO, that was announced. Yeah. So I think that's the whole thing. But, you know, Hogan with his back, I mean, his last match, you know, at Bound for Glory against Sting, you know, it was... It was sad because Hogan could literally could not take a bump, and then you've seen all the back surgeries he's had. The last one he did, where he he, he posted on his, you know, he posted a photo of all the metal screws that came out of his back. You would think they were car, you know, they were like car parts, you know, for as much metal as he had in his freaking back that came out. I mean, it's so Hogan had got to a point where it was, you know, it was good to see him. But then it got sad to see him, and it's like you, you know, you don't, you don't want that to happen. That happened with guys like Flair. That happened with guys like Hogan. Unfortunately, you know, it's happened with the Undertaker. Yes. Where you know he's had these matches now, where it's just like, it's just, it's sad to see him. I think it's gonna happen with Joey Ryan and his penis. Oh. Well, Okay, how much time we got left on this thing? We got, we got like we got like twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Okay, Joy Ryan and his penis. <laughs> okay, I say Joey Ryan. I compare him to Adam Sandler. Joey Ryan to me is the Adam Sandler of pro wrestling, where we witnessed his early years, where you know he's fine. He's Joey was trying to find who he was. Right. You know, I mean, he the guy. You know. Hollywood's own, or the fact that, you know, him teaming up with Carl Anderson, he looked like if Hacksaw, you know, he looked like if Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a porn star, that was Joey Ryan during that time, you know, based off his look. I always thought it was Brad Armstrong. I went with Hacksaw because of the red white room. You got it. But we saw his early years, no different than Adam Sandler, we saw his early years, Saturday Night Live, you know, for those that remember him on, like, MTV Remote Control. <laughs> And shit like that. We saw his early years. Right. But then we saw, you know, the whole, you know, even, I'll even throw in like his little brief 87% TNA run. Yeah. We saw his early years. Yeah, yeah. But then Adam Sandler, you know, like his breakout roles in movies were the were shit like The Waterboy. Yes. And, um... Happy Gilmore. Yes. You know, those were his breakout roles. The roles that, like, you know, launched him to a new a new era in his career. The, you know, the, the money-making era, so to speak. Yeah. That was Joey Ryan with his dick flip. <laughs> the King of Dong style. When that clip came out and that clip went viral and everybody had something to say about it, Bischoff, controversy creates cash where Joey's getting booked everywhere Joey's getting 
spots on being the elite, you know, based off that, and the, and, you know, the feud, the storyline on there, and the feud that, I don't know, never was, <laughs> or how you classify that, with Hangman Page, right. and everything, and then, you know, on the biggest, quote-unquote, independent wrestling show of all time, Joey Ryan had his own fucking segment, you know, with um, the penis druids and everything. Right, right. But then, just like Adam Sandler, he got old. Yeah. His shtick got old. Yeah. You had the movies where now where he's doing the same shit all the time. Yep. And it's not funny anymore. There's still an audience out there that still, you know, will gravitate it, gravitate to it, and see it. But for the for the most part, people have walked away. Yeah. And that's how I feel about, you know, Joey, where it's like, it's not funny anymore. No. It's not, okay, I mean, I was more, Joey Ryan, Dick Flipping, Ken Shamrock was not funny. No. But knowing the reaction that it was going to happen because of Ken, it was Ken Shamrock. Yeah. And knowing how Impact openly you know, troll Jim Cornette over it. Yep. It's like, we know he's going to say something, so we'll just tag, here you go, Jim. You know, and that was, you know, interesting. And that was, you know, I was like, okay, that's funny because they're just putting it out there. They're trying to troll Jim, Jim, the Jim angry man Cornette. But it's not past that. I mean, it's not funny anymore. It's not... You know, Joey's still going to make his money because there's still going to be that audience that wants to see that. But for me personally, it's kind of like it's, you know, it's no different than any other viral sensation. It's it's had its erratic scores. We are are miles away from San Diego, right? Yeah. Hours. Every year at the San Diego State Fair, SoCal Pro Wrestling puts on a show. And you know who's been on every card for like the last six years? I'm pretty sure it was Joe. No. He's cool, he's cocky, he's bad. The Honky Tonk Man. Oh. And do you know how the Honky Tonk Man still wrestles at this advanced age? By not taking a bump. Joey Ryan, if he chooses to, extended the life of his career by probably another decade. Because he stopped taking bumps. And it wasn't just with the dick flip. Hell, he stopped taking bumps with Candice LeRae. She was the workhorse in that tag team. Joey Ryan is getting paid to do less now than he ever did before in his entire career. I agree with you. I'm over it. I thought it was funny the first time I saw it. I kind of... I'm not a wrestling purist. I do believe that everyone is entitled to enjoy what they enjoy. Um, But this is a bit much for me. I don't watch. I don't care. But he's still making money. Fuck, he just got an impact contract last year. So... To your point, yes, it's over. It's dumb. But it's over. It's dumb. He's still getting paid. So with that, we're going to end this two-hour conversation about wrestling. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know when we'll do the next one, but we'll, we'll, I'll make sure that we'll post links and you guys can check it out if you like it. Again, this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. You can follow us at the Alliance blog on all socials. Daryl, how can they follow you? 
I don't want them following me. Don't follow <laughs> Daryl. He's a ghost. He doesn't exist. Until next time, we'll see you guys at the matches. Good night now.